Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 71. Through this show, you and I will examine the details we've discovered during our grief journey. We will share our experiences, the good and the not so good, through the podcast, the blog, and on social media, while building a community that desires a more open understanding of what grief is, how it affects us all, and how best to navigate its difficult path. Be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. And if you like what you hear on this show, please share an episode and the podcast with someone you know who could benefit a community that understands the path they are currently on. Now for this episode, I thought I'd discuss with you my thoughts regarding the grateful aspect of our journey. I'll define for you what I believe it means and share with you how that definition affects and informs me. I will recite a few inspiring words that have been placed in my life recently in hopes they help us all to finally begin navigating this journey with purpose. I suppose the beginning of this brand new year has prompted me to question if I myself am navigating this journey or if this journey is navigating me. Let's get into the show. Just this morning, I was watching Good Morning America while scrolling through social media, measuring my life at the moment through others' eyes. Not a very mentally healthy thing to do, I admit, but I'm sure on some level we all fall into this exact process for our days. Now, the show caught my attention with a well-spoken guest, the recently crowned Miss Universe, who, by the way, is Miss America. And in her chat, she mentioned it was her last age-eligible year regarding her late entry into pageants. She spoke of her message and then shared a favorite quote of hers, If not now, then when? She went on to say that she appreciated its message and inspiration, especially how its simplicity simply exclaims, Why not? So my first thought on grateful could not be better defined than from the quote that she shared, If not, then when? For me, it speaks volumes on many different aspects in life, and in our cases, grief and the idea of moving forward. If not, then when? Moving forward on this journey for me has always been a clumsy dance with being grateful. I say it that way because, in a way, when you lose someone, anyone, but especially your spouse, you're constantly at odds with with anger and frustration alongside trying to find reasons to still be grateful. Whether it's grateful for another day or grateful for the family you still have, grateful for the support of friends, or just grateful instead of angry, no one wants to be mad 24-7. Now, I know my wife Colleen would certainly not want me to be as well, but this dance with grateful isn't always as easy as the Hollywood movies make it out to be. So I look back on this journey I have been on for two and a half years, and I've discovered a restructuring and refocus of my life, which at times wasn't so obvious standing so close to it. But somehow, without knowing it, 
I must have asked myself, if not now, then when? Today I challenge you to ask yourself the same thing. Examine what it means. More importantly, what it means to you. Because as we all know, it's, it's well and good for me to share my thoughts and my beliefs and my experiences, but they don't necessarily equal yours. But I hope this question, whether it hits home for you immediately or it just sits with you subtly for a while, I hope it makes you think. Just think, that's all. No grand action must be taken within 24 hours of listening to this podcast. Instead, let it simmer in your grief, wherever it is at this moment, and just consider it. If I don't begin to look for and find grateful now, then when? Now, another moment of inspiration, which was thought-provoking for me last week, came from my bereavement group. Now, the group's name is Kindred Spirits, and for anyone who joins a meeting or two, they soon discover how appropriate that name truly is. Last week, we were presented with a blog post excerpt which a friend, Anne, brought to the group. It's entitled, The Place Where Grief Meets Me. It's poignant, it's honest, thoughtful, authentic, and for our group, it was a great way for us to examine our grief with a slightly different lens. Now let me take a moment to read it for you now. On the floor of my kitchen, back against my fridge, this is the place where my grief often meets me. It's the place I found myself when my house was empty for the first time after my husband's death. It's the place where I found myself just about every morning for the weeks that followed. It's the place where I found myself shortly after the phone call about my dad's death. It's the landing place that my emotions direct me to, sliding me down the stainless steel until the wood of the floors finds me and holds me safely for as long as I need it. It's the place where I find myself most often when something even deeper than my subconscious knows that I need to feel something, reflect on something, process the magnitude of loss and the reality of where I am today. Because that's something they don't tell you about grief. There are genuinely moments where I can't possibly reconcile the fact that I am both the person I was then and the person I am now. But somehow, I can find both of them in this spot, on the floor of my kitchen, back against my fridge. I've heard of this place before just in different lives with different stories where it exists in different capacities. I've read about many gravers with their own despicable yet admirable titles, widows, cancer survivors, orphans, bereavement parents, who all have their own place where grief meets them. I've heard many lay claim to the bathroom floor. The bedroom floor, I've even read of someone who finds herself on the garage floor. Oddly, it's usually a floor. Maybe you're thinking of your own floor right now. Or maybe you're far more evolved than the rest of us and have upgraded to a spot on the couch or your favorite pillow in bed. All this to say, this place is real. And this place is sacred. And mine just happens to be the floor of my kitchen back against my fridge. 
Again, the title of that piece was The Place Where Grief Meets Me. And I'd like to examine this concept a bit, because less in the manner of devastation and numbness, and more in the manner of everyday grief thoughts and moments. You see, as we dove into our discussion with my group, we found some to have a bench in the backyard, or others who have a chair or his chair in the family room. And I noticed a curious theme was developing as we discussed this idea of where grief meets me. What I realized as I listened was that most everyone was speaking of it as a moment of reflection, of thought and contemplation, not necessarily of a fall-to-your-knees kind of grief. At least, not anymore. Of course, our group has some who have lost just six months ago, while others are five years past. And let me be clear, even I still experience those more sudden, all-encompassing moments you find yourself losing your strength and fall on your knees or slide down the wall in the hallway. However, in our continued discussions, it became those moments and places where we sit with our grief and less about those moments that take us over with grief. And that sounded more like grace and progress to me. It sounds more like living with instead of living despite of grief. To me, that was promising. That was actually hope. And as we continued our discussions and our sharing, I actually searched within myself. Do I have a place where grief meets me? I wasn't sure. Not, not initially. I didn't have a chair or a place in my house where I constantly go to, to feel. I, I hadn't a spot in the yard or a tree to often seek out. I just didn't. And then I wondered, was that okay? Don't I need a place? A place where grief meets me? And then I realized, hmm, I might. I, I kind of do. But again, it's less of the fall on your knees type of moment, but it's more of a reflection. It's a place to embrace my loss alongside my memories, which is really the key here. To, to shed a tear? Of course. Maybe but also to find light and grace within those memories. For me, the place where grief meets me might be a bit odd, a bit unconventional. I believe it's Disney World. Now, because we're a Disney family, so many memories have been made in Disney. It's the safest place I know to meet my grief, embrace my memories, and find grateful. My grateful. Mine. Because it is there where I am grateful I have those memories. It is there where I embrace the places, the thoughts, the moments where smiles and laughter were abundant. And honestly, it's the place to grieve for me, to allow my sorrow to walk alongside my good, happy memories, to allow my past and my future to live together, and to find hope, to find peace and to be with my grief in as much different way than in the home that we made or in the front yard where a tree was that we planted perhaps, and maybe, just maybe, this kind of place where grief meets me is less about grief 
and just more about loss. The loss of our future, the loss of our memories we could have shared years down the road, the loss of what was promised, and the loss of what could be. So I, I suppose I find myself sitting with my loss in Disney, in specific moments reserved just for me. Not because I'm losing it, not because of devastation, but rather because of the grateful I choose to seek, and the grateful which I've recently discovered no one can take from me, as my future at times seemed to have been taken from me. I've run across a passage which speaks to my experience with Disney very well. It's written by someone that is unknown, a woman who had come to love Paris before she met her husband, and in turn, they loved it together. This written years after her loss. Paris was a special place for me. Then it became our special place, she writes. I wanted to take it back for me. Did you have a special place with your loved one? Have you reclaimed it? Have you gone there to experience it again? Is it something you would consider doing, or, or is it a bit tough to consider? Keep it in mind. Keep the possibility of it possible someday. Find a way someday to take that place back for you, and find, to, find a way to embrace your grateful there once again, and allow your grief to sit alongside your wonderful memories. Now, to close out this episode, I'd like to share with you a poem written by Donna Ashworth from her book, Loss, Poems to Better Weather the Many Waves of Grief. It's entitled, Don't Miss Me More. Don't miss me more than once a day, for life is moving fast. Don't wish all of your time away dreaming of the past. Don't waste the moment looking at the things I left behind me. I'm not within those walls or boxes. The heart is where you'll find me. Don't dread to say my name, sweet one. Don't fear the wrath of sadness. Just take the love you had for me and turn it into gladness. Don't worry when my birthday comes. Don't feel me missing more. I'm filled with love you're sending me just as I was before. Some days your anger will rush out, your tears will find their way to me wherever I am then. I'll soothe them all away. When I'm gone, don't miss me more than once or twice a day. There comes much life to live, my love. I'm with you all the way. you for joining me on the journey to grateful podcast i'm so very thankful that you are here each and every week and i understand that sometimes an episode can touch you in several different ways and perhaps this one has and sometimes it's a little bit more difficult than others but please use that as a way to gain strength and to move a step forward and please I invite you to stop by the community and let your voice be heard. Share your story or ask questions. I'm glad to help if I possibly can. 
you can head over to journeytograteful.com slash community to access our social media channels over at Facebook or Instagram, request to become a guest on the podcast, or contribute to the blog with your very own story. While you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And also, I invite you to connect with me directly via email, tim at journeytograteful.com. Or more importantly, why don't you give me a call, leave me a voicemail, and share your story or your personal struggles. The phone number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. Or with that number, you can simply text me. You don't even have to talk. And lastly, I ask if you like the show, please share the podcast with a friend. Take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show over at Apple Podcasts. That goes a very long way to helping this podcast reach more and more people who need to hear it. You can go directly to journeytograteful.com and choose the leave a review button on the homepage or the podcast page. So this episode provides you much to think about, and I believe we need to push ourselves just a bit more. We need to strive to find our grateful, or at least find a way to be more grateful than angry. Ahead of us is time. Ahead of us is life. And it is up to us on how we live those days ahead. We can either focus on our loss and be angry and sour and frustrated every minute of every day, or we can realize what we had was something special, and we can be grateful, at least for that. Remember what Winnie the Pooh said, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode. I would really appreciate the feedback. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.